0: morning church, you guys can grab your seats. How are you this morning? We are here for our second Sunday of 2024. Can you believe it? We are here. I hope you've come excited. Are you excited this morning? Yep, some of you are. That's great. But hopefully by the end we all will be because we're here and God is going to speak to our hearts this morning. And there is nothing more exciting than when God speaks to our hearts. So I hope however you've come in this morning, whatever kind of week you've had, whatever it is that you've been facing, you've come with an expectancy for what it is that God wants to say to you. We're going to launch straight in and I want to start with Hebrews chapter 12 Verses 1 to 2, and this is what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you're here, that you're with us. God, we thank you that you want to speak to our hearts and that when you speak, things change. Our hearts are transformed by the power of your word. And so this morning, God, we put aside any distractions so that we can fix our eyes on you, so that we can open our ears and open our hearts to what it is that you would say to us this morning. Amen. It's 2024, people. I know that's not a huge revelation, some of you are already aware of that, maybe some of you still feel like you're stuck in 2023, I don't know, I'm a little bit like that, but we are in 2024, we have launched into a new year. In fact, we are pretty much almost through the first month of this year, which is even crazier. But there's something about a new year that I think just gets us excited. I don't know about you, but I think we start to think about all the possibilities that the year ahead might hold. We think about all the things that we might accomplish. There are so many unknown days ahead of us in 2024. And so we begin to dream and scheme about how we're going to make the most of those days, what we're going to do. Often the start of the new year is filled with promises that we make to ourselves. We make our list of resolutions. Who here has made 2024 resolutions? Nobody. Okay. (laughs) That's a great start. But often that's what we do. We think about what it is that we want to set out to achieve. We want to read more books. We want to go outside more. We want to eat better. We want to spend more time with family. We We want to do those house projects that have been there for years. We want to do all the things that we have been putting off. It's finally going to happen in 2024. You know, the period where one year ends and another begins is often quite a reflective period for people. We think about all the things that went wrong in the year before, and then we think about all the ways we're going to avoid having those things happen again in the year ahead. We think about who we are at the start of 2024, and then we think about the person we'd like to be at the end. We think about what we'd like our life to look like, And then we set our dreams and our goals around trying to achieve that vision. Can I tell you that end of 2024 me has got it together. But then I think, I've had quite a few new years now. I've had quite a few at this point. And often, if I look back, I often have the same things on my list. I have the same changes that I want to see in my life. I have the same issues that I want to leave behind. You know, I started out 2023 feeling just as optimistic, just as positive. New year, new me. But somewhere along the way, the process of becoming that person fizzled out. And so we can get to the end of the year and and we can experience disillusion when the reality hits that it was a new year, but same me. New year, same me. We can start so strong. You know, research shows that every year, millions of people set New Year's resolutions. Most common three, improved fitness, improved mental health, improved finances. Among many others, we have a whole list of resolutions. But the research also shows that most of these resolutions are abandoned within the first week of setting them. Does that sound familiar to anybody? In fact, it's estimated that 80% of people fail to keep their New Year's resolutions by February. We can start so strong. And yet, in such a small time frame, it can all just become too hard. It's like cross country. Does anyone here remember cross-country? I unfortunately do. I hated cross-country, and we had to do cross-country every year in school. From the age of five to 16, we did cross-country. And every year, I had the same approach, because what we would do is they would bus us out to Kearney Springs Park, just across the road, and we had to do a five-kilometre run. Compulsory, every person had to do it. You can't pull a sickie because everyone knows why you're not at school. It's because of cross country. So you would have to show up. And every year I had the same strategy because what would happen is where where the race started was on the top oval and all the school would watch. They'd be sitting there in the stands watching the start of the race. So there's about a 200 to 300 metre strip where you are highly visible in your running. But once you sort of make it around the course, then you're out of sight. There's trees and things, you can just do what you want. So my strategy was before the eyes of the entire school, I'm going to start strong. And so what I would do is I'd start, you'd line up, the gun would go off, and I would sprint so that I could get ahead, so that you know, for some reason people would go like, wow, she's really fast. But give it 30 seconds and I'm around the corner, <gasps> oh my gosh, exhausted, because I started too strong. And then for the rest of the 4.5 kilometers, I'm walking, I'm dragging myself across that finish line. We can start so strong, but sometimes, you know, I think that's our thinking with life, We set out wanting to see change in ourselves. We can have an awareness of the areas that we fall short. We can identify things about ourselves that we don't like, that we want to grow in, habits that we want to change. We can identify behaviours that are holding us back. And we can set out to change those things about ourselves. And we start strong. We try our best to do the things, to not go back to those issues. And for a while, you're sprinting. It's a great feeling. You're doing great. You're looking great. And then boom, weariness sets in. And all of a sudden, the things that you were trying to leave behind, they start to gain on you. And not only then are they gaining on you, but they're catching up. And then they're overtaking you. And before you know it, you're right back to where you were. You know, psychology shows us how true this can be for a 30-day window of our lives, How much more true can it be when we examine a year or a decade or multiple decades where there are things that you just can't seem to shake off your life? Choices, those habits, those addictions, it all seems a bit too exhausting. And yet, Hebrews exhorts us to run with endurance the race that is set before us. Church, God has a race for you to run. God has a purpose for your life. And this life, this life that he sets out before you is a marathon. It's not a smooth track. It leads through all kinds of hills and obstacles. But what the writer of Hebrews is trying to say to us is that we're going to need endurance for the journey. But if we can get so burned out from trying within 30 days of a year... How are we meant to find endurance to sustain us through the course of our entire lives? You know, firstly, I think we have to consider if the things that we've set our hearts on, not just for 2024, but at any time, are the things that God has actually placed before us. Are they the things that we've actually been called to, or are we pursuing things? Are we chasing things that have been born from our own desires rather than the prompting of the Holy Spirit? That's a whole other separate message, though, worth considering, though. How do I run with endurance? Firstly, we need to consider what endurance actually is. How do we run with endurance? I think often we think of endurance as suffering patiently. It's gritting your teeth through pain and it's not giving in. It paints a picture of a a painful ordeal, But the Greek word that's used here in the Hebrews verse for endurance is hupomone, which means constancy and steadfastness. And it's this idea of being steadfast that I want to focus on this morning. Because throughout the Bible, steadfastness is actually pointed to as an outworking of God within us. It's God at work in our 2 Thessalonians verse 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 5, says, May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the steadfastness of Christ, that our hearts would be directed to steadfastness. And this morning, I want to unpack what it actually means to have a steadfast heart, because I believe that understanding this actually reveals how we can run with endurance. A steadfast heart, to be steadfast is to be resolute. It's to stand firm. It's to be unwavering. And so the first thing we've got to recognize is that a steadfast heart is actually countercultural. Our world is oriented around captivating your heart, captivating your intention. Our culture says the heart wants what it wants. Follow your heart. Whatever your heart's focused on, pursue that. And what this basically translates to is trust your feelings. Follow your feelings. But the problem, as we know, with feelings is that they're fleeting. How we feel can change at any given moment, depending on circumstance, depending on how we're feeling, by what's happening around us. And so when we're led by feelings, we actually find that we experience the opposite of steadfastness. We feel unstable. We feel unsure. We feel inconstant because there's no assurance that we can actually find in our ever-changing circumstances. But 2 Thessalonians speaks of a heart that is steadfast, a heart that is on a steady and unwavering course. Steadfast implies a steadiness and a grounding. How do we find that grounding? Where do we find that grounding? Grounding. Grounding. Second Thessalonians says our hearts need to be directed into steadfastness. Our hearts need to find security. But where is that security found? In Christ, in Jesus, the steadfastness of Christ. And this changes everything, church. This changes everything because what this means is that we can experience security irrespective of our circumstances, irrespective of what we're going through what's happening around us, what's going on in our world. You know, if you've ever swum in the ocean, you've experienced the currents of the water, that push and pull of the waves. You know, I love swimming out to where the waves start to form and you you ride up with the water. It's a great feeling. But I've also been dumped by the waves. I've also been dumped by the water. I've also felt currents that are too strong. I have felt moments where I'm being pulled too far, where I feel out of my depth. I remember getting dumped by a wave and it feels like you are on the fastest spin cycle of the washing machine. All of a sudden, I'm like face down in the, in the sand underneath the water. I can't get up. The water's too strong. The wave is pushing down. There's pressure. And eventually... I did surface, obviously. I'm here. But what's the first thing that I did? I swam back to shore. The feeling of insecurity made me retreat. And that's often what happens for us in life. You know, our instinct is to get away from the things that would cause us pain or discomfort. And so if we walk through life untethered, Our instinct will always be to run away from, to retreat from the difficulties of life and retreat to a place of comfort. And this is the biggest opponent to running with endurance. Hebrews exhorts us to run with an endurance that sustains us through the course of our entire lives, not just a moment, but the entirety of our lives. But the problem is that life is filled with painful and inconvenient moments Life is filled with moments that we didn't see coming, curveballs. And I'm not just talking about difficult circumstances. Change, personal change, can be a painful process. And we often, we often try to run away from that because the part of being changed is being chiseled and refined. What do I find in the gap between me at the start of 2024 and the me that I want to be at the end? It's a process of change. It's a process of refinement. But in that refinement is the growing pains that shape us into becoming the person that we were created to be. If our instinct is to flee from pain, we will never actually see that change come to pass. And so each new year will constantly feel like an old year because we'll never experience that change. But the beautiful thing that Hebrews is telling us is that as we run the race that is marked out for us, we can go the distance. We can go the distance because endurance isn't just about gritting our teeth and bearing through and trying to make it. It's about developing a steadfast heart. A steadfast heart is one that is led by the security of Christ. We can go looking for security in all the wrong places, But the only way to have a security that will outlast your life, a steadfastness that will carry you through all your days is to have a deep and personal relationship with Jesus. In and of ourselves, we will never find a lasting security. If we look to our circumstances, if we look to people for affirmation, if we look to anything else, our feelings, we will always be dumped by the waves of life. The world says, "Follow your heart." But Jesus says, "Follow me." What's the difference? It's where you place your trust. It's where you're looking to to find your comfort. Hebrews 12 tells us to run with endurance, but how do we do that? By looking to Jesus. Hebrews 16 that's Hebrews 6 verse 19, tells us that we have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure he is our anchor he is our security and that's a game changer church if we understand that that is an absolute game changer because a boat that is anchored can be battered but it won't be moved because of jesus we can have hope And because of hope, even in the midst of the worst storms of life, even in the midst of everything going wrong, everything feeling like it's falling apart, we can have an anchor that holds us. To have a steadfast heart is to cling to the knowledge that you are secure and the security doesn't come from you or your circumstances, but from Jesus alone. Second Corinthians says, though, therefore we do not lose heart, though the outer man is decaying, our inner man is being renewed day by day. And so when we look ahead to the year, when we look at the days ahead, maybe it's less about new year, new me. And maybe it's more about new year, same God. And that's a declaration that no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on, no matter what my life circumstances are looking at, I am secure. I am held fast. Even if everything else around me fails, even if circumstances seem like they're going to overwhelm me, when life is just not following the script, my heart remains steadfast, immovable, held by the anchor that is Jesus Christ. Regardless of circumstance or calendar year, he's got me. That that would be our declaration. Knowing that he is our security actually gives us security in our identity and our purpose. Because when we come to know him deeply and personally, we are actually drawn away from ourselves into the, one, into the identity that God's actually created for us. We're drawn away from ourselves to him. See, church, the moment that you said yes to Jesus, when you accepted him into your life, he gives us a new identity. It's an identity that's not defined by, by what we do, what we have done, who we are, but by who he is and what he has done. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 to 24 says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We're not the same anymore, church. We are not the same. We leave behind who we once were and pursue who it is that God has called us to be. We walk in this new identity knowing that we are chosen, knowing that we are loved, knowing that we are accepted by God. And it's living out of this identity. It's being secure in this identity that produces a steadfast spirit in us. See, the the message version of that verse in Ephesians puts it like this. It says, we take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life. A life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces His character in you. The changes that God wants to produce in our lives come from an inward renewal, not an external modification. And that's often where things go wrong. That's so often where we get derailed because so many of our life's resolutions are set on changing behaviours we say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make that choice. I'm not going to look at that stuff. I'm not going to read those books. I'm not going to do that thing that I know isn't good for me. But the problem with this is that it's focused on our behaviour, on what we do, on our effort. Church, there's nothing wrong with resolutions. I'm not here saying, go home and rip up your list. <laughs> It's a good thing to acknowledge the areas of life that we can grow in. Absolutely. The desire to change is not the issue, but it's the way that we proceed with that process of change that can often see us coming up short or losing heart. You know, we can try and change ourselves, but in that process, we often grow tired and disillusioned, disappointed and frustrated because our efforts revolve around us being able to work it out. It revolves around us being able to do those things in our own strength. You know, Paul himself alludes to this in Romans. In Romans chapter 7, he says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out for I do not do the good I want but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Does that sound familiar, church? The evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Basically he's saying despite my best efforts to change I keep doing the things that I know I shouldn't do. I keep going back to the things that I know I should leave behind. I think it's familiar because that's one of our greatest struggles. Despite our best intentions we stuff up. That's the truth. There's a reason why gym memberships increase in price in January and then go on sale in March. What does it tell us? That despite our best intentions, sometimes we just don't follow through. But what Ephesians 4 tells us is that the development that God wants to produce in our lives comes from an inward renewal, not an external modification. We cannot change ourselves. Only the Spirit of God can change us. Titus 3, verse 5 says, He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. What's that telling us? It's telling us that it's the Holy Spirit's job to produce change in us. And the work of the Holy Spirit is not to move us towards behavior modification but to heart transformation. God is not interested in behaviour modification because God does not measure us by our behaviour. The Bible tells us that the world focuses on outward appearance. The world focuses on external action, on the way that we present ourselves. But God, God, He looks to the heart. He looks to our heart. He looks to the centre of who we are. He's not interested in who we pretend to be. He's not interested in who we try and convince ourselves or others that we are. He's interested in the reality of our heart's condition. Titus 3, 5 is basically telling us that our identity is received, not achieved. We receive that identity in Christ, we don't achieve it. Becoming Christ-like is a process of transformation, but that transformation doesn't come through acting differently. It comes from becoming different. And the only way we can become different is through the renewal and the regeneration that the Holy Spirit does within us. Through the Holy Spirit alone, we can so often try to work from the outside in. You know, if I behave differently, then I'll become different. And we give it our best shot, but then we land right back to where we were before. We're in the same place because we focused on the wrong thing. God works differently. Becoming Christ-like is a process that works from the inside out. You can't start with behaviour because behaviour is an indicator of things that are going on in the heart. Our behaviour, what's outworked in our life is a last step process that starts with what's going on in here. God doesn't expect you to have it all together. He doesn't expect you to have it all worked out. He doesn't expect you to tidy up your act, to become a better person. He doesn't expect that of you. He's not interested in behaviour modification. He's in the business of heart transformation. Your heart is His primary focus. See, transformation doesn't come from good behaviour. And that should be church our greatest encouragement because what it means is we can't lose through bad behaviour what we didn't earn through good behaviour behaviour your behaviour, your action, your effort has never been a part of the equation come on church would you stand with me you know our striving often leads to disappointment because we fall short New Year's feel like old years when it's dependent on the way that we act, when it's dependent on our behaviour. But when we walk with a deep-rooted conviction and knowledge that we are secure in who Jesus has called us to be, in what He has set before us, it means that we can walk through life with an unshakable confidence that no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, no matter how many times I feel that I fall short or fail, that He's with me, that I'm sustained by Him. And so in that, in all of life's things, I can walk with a steadfast spirit that's produced not through my effort or action, but by the renewal of His Spirit at work in me. I'm transformed not through my actions, but by the renewal of the Holy Spirit. And it's that renewal and that regeneration that produces a steadfast heart. There is absolutely nothing wrong with having resolutions there's nothing wrong with desiring change and maybe maybe you've walked in here this morning feeling defeated because more than anything you've started out this year having the dreams having the plans and it feels like it was a sprint but now you're feeling that that same feeling of old new year same me New Year, same me, same problems, same struggles, same circumstances. I'm facing the same issues. But this morning, let us walk out of here. Let us be reminded that it is a new year, but we walk with the same God. That it's the constancy of God that gives us endurance to run the race that we are sustained not through our own effort, but through Him alone. And when we take our eyes off our own abilities, of our own striving, and we focus on the power of His Holy Spirit at work, we develop that steadfast heart that produces endurance that will carry us through our days. What is it that you are desiring? What is it that is set before you? What, are, what is it that, that you're setting out to grow in? What areas are you wanting to commit to God? Commit them to Him knowing that He'll sustain you. Knowing that He gives you grace for the journey. That you are sustained by His Spirit. And so whatever it is that you feel that you're carrying, take a moment this morning to just lift them to Him. To say, God, I know that you're with me in the midst of my circumstances. I'm facing the same issues. I'm facing, I want to change. I desire change, but I can't do it in my own strength. God says, hand them over to me and I'll sustain you. So if that's you this morning, I want to give you a moment as we pray to just have a moment between you and God. It's a private moment where you can just acknowledge in your heart as we pray together, God, it's a new year but you're the same God. And I commit these days to you, asking that the strength of your spirit would sustain me. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're with us. God, that we don't journey on our own, that there's never a moment that we're far from your sight, that we're away from you. God, no matter how many times it feels that we fail, how many times it feels that we stuff up, God, that you are there with your grace, your beautiful, merciful grace that says, come on, there's more. Don't give in. God, that you renew us daily. Day by day, we can come to you. No matter what's happened the day before, the year before, the decade before, no matter what it is that we carry in our past, the decisions that we've made that we feel define us, God, the mistakes that we feel speak to who we are. God, that we would say no more will we be defined by the person of old, but we walk in the identity, the new identity that you've given us, knowing that we didn't receive it from our own actions. We didn't receive it from anything that we've done through our efforts and striving, but from who you are, that it comes from you alone. And so right now, we, we fix our eyes off our own efforts. We stop the striving. We say, God, renew us by the power of your Spirit. We wanna change, we wanna be different, but we can't do it on our own. We commit our ways to you, knowing that you'll sustain us through the journey. We thank you. That you're with us every step of the way amen come on can we give God some glory this morning mixed side church you know, as you head into your week whatever this week is looking like maybe maybe you're facing those issues of old maybe you're facing the same old stuff you know what you're going back into is just the same old thing you're dealing with the stuff but go into it knowing that you don't walk alone that you were carried and sustained. As you head into, maybe maybe you'll break those resolutions. Maybe you'll go home and there'll be that list and you'll look back and say, you know what, it's been 20 days, 21 days, and it's all over. But know that you haven't failed. You haven't failed because there's grace for the journey. Amen. We're gonna praise God before we head out this morning. Team's gonna take us out with one last song.